Are you at the end of your rope today? Are you longing for a prayer to be answered, a problem to be fixed, or some answer to come about your uncertain future? Are you feeling helpless and desperate? If your hope is all but gone, today you're reclaiming it, and I'm going to tell you how. Welcome to another episode of Truth Over Lies, my interseason series where we learn to speak truth over the lies so that we can thrive. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry, and I'm so glad you're here with me. Has your hope all but run out? I'm here to talk with you today, friends, about what it's like to be in that place. That place where you're waiting, you're desperate, you feel lonely, you feel like change is never going to come. If that's you, bordering on hopelessness today, please listen to the end. Please, right now, why don't you go ahead and pull over the car if you're on the road to or from somewhere. Take five to seven minutes for yourself to begin to heal on your journey back to hope. I promise you it's possible. If you're sitting at home, please stop multitasking and please just focus on the words of my voice. Focus on the message that I have for you today. It may not come out seamlessly, but it does come straight from my heart. If you, my friend, are bordering on hopelessness, please lean in and listen closely. Hope is not the crutch of the weak. Hope is the spear of the warrior. That's right. You heard that right. Hope is not the crutch of the weak. I've heard it said hope is not a plan. Well, hope fuels the plan. Without hope, The end is very near. The end of our sanity, the end of our willingness to go on, the end of our willingness to fight, the end of our willingness to believe in our necessity. You see, hope is crucial not only to our survival, but our ability to thrive. Why did I decide to talk about bordering on hopelessness today? Well, I've been making some discoveries of my own about hope, about just how much I need it and about just how debilitated I feel when I believe it's running out. I have some deadlines that I've been facing, and I want to share with you a little bit about what my emotional and mental journey has been while I'm facing them, which you guys, by the way, they still exist. I have not been delivered to the other side of these deadlines. I have some things coming up in my own personal life that I am not sure how they're going to work out. Uh, I am confident that they will. And I'm doing everything that I believe I need to do, which we're going to get into that too. You guys are going to know what that feels like when you feel like you're doing everything you need to do, but you're still running out of hope. I know. I've been there. I know what that feels like. For those of you that know me personally, you know that I'm a woman of faith. And I do believe uh, I have every confidence in a God who can do the impossible. And my question has been, but will he? (laughs) Um, When you're faced with the impossible... Even if you don't believe in God, even if you're not looking to anything or anyone outside of you, there's something, there's some desperation inside of you that's crying out for some revelation, for some answer, for something to fix whatever deadline it is you're facing. And I don't know what your deadline is. It could be financial. It could be a health concern. It could be a housing concern, a job concern, a relationship issue. If you're listening to this episode, one of those areas of your life is being touched and you feel like you're bordering on hopelessness. 
And you can probably relate to this. I've had days where I'm really confident, especially in the morning, right? Like I'm, I wake up and I'm amped up and I listen to some good music. I'm doing the stuff I'm supposed to do when I'm waiting, you know, for something to shift in my life. I'm, I'm encouraging myself. I'm listening to uplifting music. I'm talking to friends. I'm being encouraged. And by the end of the day, when I don't see any resolution, when I still don't see any clearer than I did in the morning, when I had this fresh dose of hope, the hope seems, the hope level seems to get depleted even further. It's like my hope set point becomes lower and lower with each passing day that I'm not seeing a change, that I'm not seeing that uh, promise of whatever it is I'm looking for being fulfilled. And maybe that's where you are. Maybe you're in a place where you're feeling upbeat and hopeful in the morning when you rise because that's how you choose to be. And then by the evening, you find yourself maybe in tears, feeling very discouraged, not seeing any light at the end of the tunnel. That is such a discouraging place to be. And I want to let you know that you don't have to stay there. I don't want you to stay there. I didn't want to stay there. So there's some breakthroughs that I've had about losing hope that I want to share with you. I believe they're going to encourage you. But first, I want to step back because a lot of times when we lose hope, people tell us, well, you just need to do the right things, right? You need to do the right things. You need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. You need to make sure that you are actually putting in the work that you need to put in to make whatever it is that you need to happen, happen, right? That's all fine and well, you guys, but there is a fine line between doing and trusting. Leveraging our doing over trusting puts us even deeper into a place of hopelessness. Similarly, Blind trust without any doing also increases our sense of hopelessness. There has to be a combination of the two. But, you know, I don't believe in that old saying, God helps them who helps themselves. Like one, that's not in the Bible. Um, That's a little aside for you. But two, like God loves you. God wants what's best for you. (laughs) And sometimes what's best for you is not what you think you're waiting for, right? That's what I'm learning for myself. And what I'm learning in the doing is to stay faithful in the doing. So doing the right things for me is living my purpose, walking out my purpose, continuing my coaching, continuing my writing. You guys, I just released my uh, first solo book on July 19th. Super excited about that. I'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end. So doing my writing, doing my coaching, scheduling speaking engagements. You guys, I'm so excited. I have my first live speaking engagement since January before all of this COVID stuff. But I have not stopped walking in that purpose. But let me tell you something. There have been nights for me as I'm waiting, as I'm these deadlines are approaching for me, as I'm still not seeing a clear path forward. There have been nights where I have not wanted to continue to walk in that purpose. There have been nights where I have said, it just doesn't matter what I do. And then by now, you know me by morning. My hope is back and not full force, but it's back. And I say, nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to just put one foot in front of the other. And sometimes that's all you can do is put one foot in front of the other. So I want to encourage you with that today, my friends. If you are in a place where the only thing that you can do is put one foot in front of the other, don't stop doing that. Just keep doing that. Even if it feels hopeless, it's not. Remember, feelings are information, not facts. So a feeling of hopelessness 
does not say that your future is indeed hopeless. So whatever you're waiting for, whatever deadline is facing you, whatever challenge is facing you right now, whatever mountain is in front of you, guess what? You get, you get to decide the size of that mountain. You have authority over that mountain. That mountain does not get to loom above you, large and in charge, telling you to quake and tremble in your boots. That's the path to hopelessness. You see, that's what I was doing. I was looking at my mountains as these huge, insurmountable hills that I just, and and surfaces, like cliff walls. Like, I don't scale rocks, y'all. I mean, I don't know, maybe you do. But so to somebody who doesn't scale rocks, that just looks impassable. But what I wasn't realizing is there's two things that I needed to do that I'm going to share with you. Two things that helped me to start to replenish that well, that reservoir of hope that we all have to have. You see, what depletes it is not doing these two things. All right, you guys ready for it? Here's the two things. You have to move in and you have to move out. The first thing you have to do is move in, move inward, move in to reflect on basically your entire life. You see, here's what happens. When we are faced with a new challenge, it feels like the first time we've ever faced a challenge before. It feels like, oh my goodness, like I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. And we become so consumed, so caught up with the impossibility of our situation that what we fail to do is we fail to move in to reflect back on all of the times in the past where guess what? We've had that feeling before. I, I know I have. I know you have. You've been there before. You have been here before. This is nothing new. Being in a place where something feels impossible is nothing new. Now, I can hear you right now going, Sherry, yeah, but this, this really is impossible. Like that other stuff, like I thought it was impossible, but it was actually possible, but I just didn't really see it. But this, you know, it really is impossible and I don't see it. Let me tell you, your vision is clouded right now by fear, by fear of the unknown, by uncertainty, by not having the answers, your vision is clouded and so you can't see. So you see the impossible as impossible. You see your situation as impossible. But here's what you have to do. You have to move in, move inward to yourself and look back. I want you to write down five things in your life, five situations that you have faced and that have seemed impossible to you at the time. Now, here's the challenge. We forget. We actually forget just how impossible we believed that situation to be at the time. Because once it clears and once we're out of the woods, oh, we can breathe a big sigh of relief, right? And we forget. We forget that deep level of hopelessness bordering on that hopelessness that we face when we feel like something is impossible until suddenly the, the curtains are parted and, and the clouds part and the answer is revealed. It may not always be the answer we want, right? I'm not saying everything's going to work out exactly the way you anticipate it. I think that's part of hopelessness, that we have a perfect vision of how that situation is supposed to be changed, how that situation is supposed to be resolved, the outcome that we want. We cling so tightly to that that our reservoir of hope is more quickly depleted because we're closing ourselves off to the options of possibility. Now, I'm not saying that that option that you desire or want isn't the option that's going to happen. My point is to look back, and I guarantee you, if you write down five things in your life that you once believed were impossible, I guarantee you at least 
two or three of them, if not more, if not all, did not turn out exactly the way you had desired them to turn out, but you were able to find joy and contentment in the outcome. You were able to find relief in the outcome. You were able to see a possible way that perhaps you had not thought of before. So that's the first thing we need to do is we need to move in and look back. And for me, this is not the first time that I have faced an impossible situation. It is not the first time that I have felt this level of desperation. It is not the first time that I have felt like I was bordering on hopelessness. It might be the longest, but it's not the first time. And so I look back and I've, I've made myself a list of all of the times that my impossible have turned to possible. And you guys, 100% of them did not turn out the way that I desired. <laughs> that is 100% truth. 100% of those situations did not turn out the way that I desired, but they gave me a new possible. They gave me a different possible, a better possible, a better outcome than I could have imagined. So that's the first thing. Move in, look back, write down those things that you once saw as impossible that became possible and how that has benefited you and your life. The second thing that we need to do when our hope reservoir is running low is to move out. You see, I've talked to a few people in the past several weeks, all dealing with different challenges, and they've said one thing consistently. They've said that their greatest healing and their greatest restoration of hope has come from offering that to others. Here's the conundrum. Did you know that if your hope reservoir is low, you actually still have enough to give to somebody else. And when you do that, it actually fills up your tank. I'm not kidding you. It's really odd how this works out. But for example, I was talking with a friend who had cancer and he said, during that time, Sherry, the number one thing that filled me with hope, that kept me believing that the possible was possible, that what I saw as impossible was actually possible was when I was able to minister to the hearts and minds of other people by sharing with them what I was going through. So guess what, you guys? That's what I'm doing right now. I'm sharing with you. My life is not perfect. My thought world is not perfect. It is just as it should be. It's not all roses. So I guess it is kind of perfect. Because yes, I struggle with being on the border of hopelessness. I have in the past. I will again in the future. I have to share with you. I have an obligation to share with you to pass what hope I do have onto you because that also fills my hope reservoir. So listen, I want you to think about whatever situation you're in. What hurt are you facing? What mountain is in front of you looming over you, leaving you in its shadow? Which by the way, you can tell that mountain to move and it'll move. What are you facing right now? There's somebody out there who needs you to encourage them, who needs you to say, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but here's what I'm doing. I am putting one foot in front of the other. I am choosing today to believe that the impossible is possible. I am choosing today to pass that fountain of hope off to you, even if it feels like I have nothing left to give. You guys, that's what I'm doing here today. Those two things, moving in, looking back, reflecting on all of the times that I believed the impossible was indeed impossible, and now believing, looking back and knowing that the impossible is made possible just maybe not in the way I would have thought or hoped for, but in ways that worked out beyond what I could have imagined to the betterment of me and my life. That is true of you, my friends. Look back, write those examples down. Remember the times when you believed that there was no possible and remind yourself of the truth 
that even in the impossible, there is possible. Even in the impossible, you have a God, whether you believe in him or not, who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even imagine. Number two, move out. Move out to others. Take that hope. Take that little dip of hope that you have left in your tank and give it to somebody because they need it. And when you do that, that hope is multiplied in return to you. I don't know about the metrics, if it's a hundredfold, if it's 1,000 fold, but I can promise you just from me doing this episode, I'm giving you hope. I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm talking to a woman in her car who's crying, who's on her last leg, who's thinking, I just don't know how I'm going to make it through one more day. Sister, you have what it takes. Sister, you can tell that mountain to move into the sea and it will. Sister, the impossible is not impossible. It is possible. Look back at every moment that you once believed things were impossible and make note and celebrate how the possible has been demonstrated in your life. Now go share that with someone that you know needs their own hope tank refilled. Speaking of seeing the possible in the impossible and having breakthroughs when all you're feeling is hopeless. Hey guys, I just released my new book, Breakup Breakthroughs. It is live now on Amazon. It is a self-discovery journal and book in one all about helping you asking and answering the hard questions so that you can thrive in the trauma of a relationship breakup. Listen, if you have been through a breakup, if you know somebody who's been through a breakup or divorce, this book is for them. It is my heart and soul on paper to encourage, just as we've talked about, to encourage you in my own places of hopelessness, to reach out, to move outward, to encourage you and inspire you to have your own breakthroughs. It's available on Amazon right now. The link is in the show notes. I'd be honored for you to check it out. And hey, guess what? Season three of Thriving Thoughts, all new season. Got some fantastic women lined up to interview. I'm going to have a solo episode every single week. So you'll be able to hear episodes just like this one to encourage and inspire you to live a life that thrives that comes. Guess what? The season launches August 5th. You guys right around the corner. Hey, listen, if you'd like some thriving thoughts right to your text messaging inbox, all you have to do is text the word thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E to the number 540-369-2139. And you'll get three messages from me per week encouraging you to adopt a thriving mindset. Hey, if you enjoy this podcast, would you please rate the show five stars if you are an Apple Podcasts user and be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, my friends, I'll see you right back here on the next Truth Over Lies episode. Until then, remember to do that. Speak truth over the lies so you too can thrive in any and every circumstance.